right, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Tunnel Vision. Uh, I'm Ryan Abraham, your host, publisher of USAFootball.com. That's Colin Cowherd over there, media mogul from FS1, Fox Sports Radio, who knocking over my stuff in the background. <laughs> <laughs> on his day off, Labor Day weekend, you come into the show. Thanks so much, Colin, for coming on. Well, I was running errands. It's my last day off till like Christmas. And I thought, okay, I got to help my guy Ryan out. <laughs> I figured you're next to my house. So I thought I called you up and I said, dude, you got 30 minutes. Let's talk USC football. <laughs> I never get to just talk USC football for 30 minutes in my life now. So I either talk to myself. Yeah. Or I figured I could come on this today. Uh, no, I appreciate you coming on. It's funny. I was driving in here to our little studio and uh, listening to you, had, so you took the day off. Doug Doc, Doug Gottlieb is doing your show. Yes. You're coming to do this one, so I don't know. This is kind of a, a much watered down, cheaper version of what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, much cheaper. Yeah, but you can follow him on Twitter at Colin Cowherd and uh, FS1 Fox Sports Radio. It's a and it's an iHeart. Where, where can everyone get your stuff? Well, um, you know, you always can follow me on Twitter, FS1, obviously, uh, Facebook, you can find The Herd, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, we have our 24-7 channel, The Herd, um, mostly The Herd will get you places. Most of the herd, and yeah. uh, now it's been a great few years at Fox, I absolutely love it. I'll be on the Sunday show starting this Sunday. Okay. Uh, it's 8 in the morning Pacific, 11 Eastern. Imagine we mostly have 8, eight in the morning people right now watching, so I don't get opportunities like this to talk about. Like one of the teams I'm really invested in, USC yeah. football, you know, you live in LA, I'm on their message boards, yours. <laughs> so I said, uh, I don't, I don't get this opportunity, but once or twice a year. No, yeah, well, thanks for, uh, for you doing know. it. It's funny when we've had you on like the podcast and stuff before. Um, and people are like, man, he really knows a lot about USC football. I think it was last year you came out to practice and. Uh, you know, introducing yourself to the walk-ons and they're like, wait, how do you know? <laughs> Which is crazy. I mean, but you're into it. You know what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to cover sports, you know, kind of on a macro level, but you know, the, the one team, um, I would say I really am a depth chart guy is USC. Uh, it's the one thing I actually miss about doing like local radio. Like you could just, you know, you could have four or five teams and just go a mile deep on those teams when I used to be like in Tampa or Oregon or Vegas. Uh, now you have to know more, you know, probably less about more. But um, now I got LeBron in LA. Yeah. So, I mean, how much you know, LeBron I love LeBron. Do? So that'll be easy for me. I can go watch him play and talk about LeBron all the time. Is he going to get, you're going to have him on the couch at all? Is he going to be? Oh, I'd love to. But, you know, guys get like, when you get like Michael Jordan, LeBron, Brady, they don't do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You know? It's it's, in, it's what's in it for them, kind of. What was a long off season as far as college football goes? We got to go to Coliseum and kind of check out this USC Trojan team. You know, did pretty well last year, winning the Pac-12. Maybe not the the greatest taste left in the the fans' mouths after mm -hmm. losing the Cotton Bowl like that. Um, what what did you think of that opening game against uh, UNLV? Well, I mean, there's a let's start from the optimistic point. I thought JT Daniels can really whip it. I mean, he can really spin it. Uh, he's got a better he throws a better deep ball than Sam Darnold. Now he's not Sam Darnold, but in yeah. terms of throwing the ball down the field and the placement, he throws a beautiful deep ball. Uh, Brown, his teammate at Modern Day, who's his slot receiver, is going to start for three years. You're not going to move him out of that <laughs> spot. So, um, and I, and I do think USC's wide receiving core is, um, now they're going to have to go, I think they're going to sign four guys next year. Um, cause some of those guys will leave early. Um, same with the secondary. They're losing all their corners, their senior corners next year. So they, corners and receivers, they're going to have to recruit a lot this year, but they also have a lot of talent. Yeah. In those areas. So there, the, the, the thing I'm optimistic about 
would be JT Daniels, the receiver. I thought um, the young corner, Griffin, um, Warren Griffin, G's yeah. son. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Uh, terrific. Uh, they have some young safeties I like. I think the young talent's really good. Greg Johnson, redshirt freshman. Yeah, I he got the played, start. Yeah, yeah, played really, really well. So, you know, there, there are positions where I think uh, quarterback, that slot receiver, young man, uh, corners, receivers, there's real depth. Uh, for the first time in a long time, they're rotating defensive linemen, interior linemen, Brandon Peely, Jay Tuafeli, uh, yeah. Marlon, uh, Rector, Malik Dorton, uh, Porter Gustin at the, what do they call it? The predator spot. Yeah, the predator. So, I mean, they've, they've got, they go too deep. And I mean, that's what SEC teams do. That's what Ohio State does, where you have seven, eight guys. So by the fourth quarter, you're on your 38th snap, not your 68th <laughs> snap. So I don't think there's any more excuses. Um, I don't even think JT Daniels as a freshman is an excuse. This is a, a team that's deep. Backups are good. 85 legit scholarships. Um, you know, and by the way, Clemson's playing freshman too. LSU yeah. played freshman last night. You know, I mean, if you're getting five-star kids and high-end kids, you're only redshirting about seven or eight of them these days. And that's usually offensive linemen. So, I mean, this, this USC team, there's no excuses. They should win. You know, I mean, they, they'll be favored. They're not favored against Stanford. No. But, um, I mean, to me, they match up with everybody they play. Uh, and, and if they, I, you know, the question becomes in college football, you bet the coach. Do they have the staff? That's the question. Yeah. Well, the uh, one of the differences, a lot of people were kind of writing it and talking about, oh, the offense looks the same. This looks the same. Um, I mean, one of the bigger differences was how much they rotated. And you got to see yeah. some of those young players. There's a new redshirting rule, and, and Clay Helton talked about that. You yeah. could play guys in the first four games or the last four games or two in the front, two in the back, doesn't matter, and they can still redshirt as long as you play four or under. Uh, but the, we saw the offensive linemen, some, some rotation there, tons on the defensive line. Uh, and I think a lot of that stemmed from what Ohio State did in the Cotton Bowl against them, at least you know what Clay Helton was saying. Did you like that aspect of it kind of? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been really something that's bothered me about their defensive side. I mean, Christian Rector was given no opportunity to play due to an injury played last year and was spectacular. Yeah. First snap. <laughs> Why wasn't he allowed to play? Uh, you know, I've got my theories on that, that, you know, Clancy Pendergrass, who I think's actually done a really good job. He's not a dynamic personality. He's not a recruiter. He's Norm Chow. Um, and all coaches at one point want that seven figure salary and they want to be head coaches. So I think you have to be careful. Sometimes I think Clancy is looking for home runs, sacks, top 10 defense. So he can put it on a resume and maybe get that New Mexico job or that Hawaii job. He doesn't have the personality, the recruiting prowess, I think, to get a Tennessee or a, you know, a Texas job like a Tom Herman. Um, but I have been bothered by that for years. Uh, the, there's no excuse with USC talent. Freshmen are usually good enough to play at USC, Ohio State, Alabama, Oklahoma. And um, I think I I don't know why it took the Ohio State loss, but it, it's always felt like to me Clancy's, you know, using the decency of Clay Helton to his advantage where I'm going to play veterans. I'm going to have a top 10 defense on my resume. I'm going to have a lot of sacks, go to an athletic director and say, look, look, look at me. And that's what it feels like to me. There's no excuse to not be rotating players at USC. There's no excuse. Um, I mean, again, Nick Saban has to play freshman or they won't go to Alabama. They'll go to yeah. Auburn and they'll go to Clemson. So I, I've been bothered by it for years. Uh, yesterday was the first time that I really saw USC in three years, four years, rotate defensive yeah. players. And because remember, players recruit players. 
And I don't know what I'm saying. This is my opinion. It's, <laughs> you and I have talked about this. It's sure, bothered yeah. me for years um, that if you're not playing multiple guys at a position, and, and this is not like Washington where they may have four or five really nice players, but they don't have the depth. Yeah. USC has usually like LSU depth where you know, you've got, you've got a bunch of good players. I mean, of the hundred best recruits in the last, let's say four years, I can make an argument. USC's got 50, you know, 40 to 50 or 60. So, you know, there's certain, you know, Stanford similarly, you know, tends to have a top 20 class. Yeah. So, I mean, Stanford last year played a left tackle freshman out of Houston. And so what USC in three years hasn't had any, you know, why didn't, why didn't J2 Afeli play last year? I mean, I get red shirting for some yeah. positions, but I'm a long winded way of saying, why'd it take three years? Why isn't Clancy forced to constantly play more players defensively? I don't care about working on your resume. Yeah. Play. I don't play more players. I like the, so I like the aggressiveness that he brings, uh, Clancy Pendergast. And I, I think it works well. When you rotate guys, like you said, why weren't they doing that before? He was more of this NFL kind of uh, mentality. But I do like that aspect of it. It's just, it's different to see them. You know, they led the nation in sacks last year. They got five sacks against UNLV. But Clay Helton talked about this on his conference call last night. They gave up some big plays, too, in the run game. And some of that is, you know, not filling the right gap. So you want to be, you know, assignment sound and stuff. But sometimes, I, I get your point, maybe you're aggressive too much, and then you know, it leads to some big plays. Well, this John Baxter special teams coach. It's a yeah. roller coaster. I don't even remember Pete Carroll's special teams. I mean, Pete's whole theory yeah. was, we're USC. We don't have to win games through special teams. Just don't butcher it. Uh, under John Baxter, the UCLA game last year, it was spe spectacular. Yeah. But there's too much hero ball. There's too many. There, he's too aggressive, leaving them wide open and vulnerable. Yesterday, UNLV. Yeah, where, they gave up the fake punt on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course they did because they overload a side, and UNLV staff is like, by the way, that staff at UNLV, the head coach was a high school coach a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's basic coaching. They've, you know, they've overloaded on a side. Do a fake punt, yeah. leaving yourself vulnerable. I mean, over the last two or three years, and again, Clancy and Baxter, those are Clay Helton's guys. And again, I think Baxter sometimes is coaching to put stuff in a resume. Hey, we led the nation in block kicks. Hey, we did this. You're USC. Okay, Oregon State takes chances on special teams. They should. Utah State should. Out Nick Saban's teams, maybe twice a year, he'll pull out a trick because Alabama's going to beat you in the trenches, beat you in coaching, beat you with their depth and experience. So I, I just think... I think with special teams, again, they leave themselves wide open, super vulnerable, but they will block more kicks per year than Pete's teams would have done. Yeah. But I just think if I ran USC's program, my takeaway on special teams would be, like my mom used to say when I was seven years old, you should be seen and not heard. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like special teams at USC should never lose a game, ever, and make sure your field goal kicker is good. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. Get a kicker. Don't butcher things. No penalty. How many times have we seen the kicking team offside the last three years? Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's high school football. Come on. Yeah. There, there was one penalty in the UNLV game. There was a, a nine yard punt and a 20 yard punt. There was, it's too much feast or famine for that's me. That's what it, that, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think you were, you know, good point about Pete Carroll's teams. Like, I think it was the Orange Bowl. They gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown to start. Pete Carroll didn't really put a lot of emphasis on special teams. He did hire, uh, Dennis Slutak for a couple years, and he's actually the director of football operations. I saw him on the field at UNLV now. So, uh, but you have that connection to Vegas. Did you, what have you heard about this UNLV program? They actually look 
you know, they look like a pretty good team. Yeah. They could be a bowl team. They're playing football the way they should. They've gotten you know, granularly better. Um, I think they're playing the kind of offensive football that's fun. They take chances. They hired a high school coach from Bishop Gorman. Um, and, and I, and I followed them. I actually, I used to do play by play for a year there. So I follow right. them. Um, I thought it was the right hire. I thought it, people could say it's gimmicky, but Bishop Gorman is really good. Yeah. And so, and yeah. they've gotten, they've gotten just, you know, slightly better each year. Um, and I thought their staff yesterday in the first half was pretty good. Yeah. And I think over time, USC just wore them down on the defensive front and started running the football. And I mean, the game, that's what the game should look like. Um, over time, USC simply has more size and strength and speed. We had, uh, we have some questions coming in on the, uh, in the chat box here on YouTube. Uh, a chat box. Yeah. We got a little, a little chat box on the, oops, sorry. Um, Daryl wrote in, Colin, what do you think of SC's offensive line play? Um, when's the last time USC had a first or a second round offensive lineman? They're recruiting five star linemen. Why aren't we getting more of those? Yeah. I mean, Listen, man, you look at the history of the NFL. Where'd Anthony Munoz play? Where'd Tony Baselli play? USC should be putting every other year a first round offensive lineman. Hard to there's, argue. There's, <laughs> by the way, they're getting them out of high school. Yeah. So they're clearly not developing them. Um, I, I, to me, Ryan and I have talked about this off the air. My issues, I mean, there's some things USC does well. For instance, wide receivers get better in the last couple of years. There yeah. are players under clay that I watch and I go, oh, God. I mean, when Dalen McCullough was here, Ronald Jones popped. A Cedric Ware's better. Um, there are players that have gotten better. Um, the wide receivers in the last couple of years, they've gotten better. Yeah. Um, but offensive line, it feels like they hit a ceiling. And to me, that tends to be coaching. Like you, it's not a coincidence that Wisconsin's always putting guys in the NFL. Notre Dame is putting guys in the offensive you line in the, the NFL. Top ten last year, crazy. Yeah, that's probably if you if you go if you deep dive on Stanford, Notre Dame all the time. Stanford, yeah. you're probably going to find a really smart offensive line coach yeah. who can see personnel and can um, and develop personnel. I mean, Chris Peterson, Washington doesn't get top ten classes. I'll watch high school videos. A guy that's that Washington gets, and they're three-star guys. <laughs> and, I mean, Dante Pettis, the receiver, just kept getting better and better and better. And it's like, wow. Yeah. I mean, he just, every time I saw him. So, you know, it's not just getting players in, it's developing players. I think Chris Peterson is as good as anybody in college, yeah. including Nick Saban. I mean, Washington's classes are not top 10, but you watch them against Auburn, they went in at halftime, came out, and outplayed Auburn. And Auburn's got NFL guys all over that defense. So, I mean, Jake Browning, who, who was looking to make, Jake Browning was not some, I mean, he's, he's not even really a draftable quarterback no, in the NFL. He's small. Doesn't he have the arm strength. Doesn't have the arm strength. He's going to put up a zillion yards there. Um, I mean, they, I mean, outside of Miles Gaskin, who was a very coveted running back. Yeah. He was a very good high school player. I mean, they've just developed a lot of these players. That's coaching. Does that just, on the side, because you mentioned Washington, does that uh, doom the Pac-12 that they lost to Auburn? Or no, I think a- I think actually Washington, if they ran the table, would have a shot. I think Washington accounted for themselves really well. I, I you know, listen, they had that play in the red zone where they they had points and they they fumbled it. That that's the game to me. I thought they were the better team in the second half. I thought they were a little overwhelmed in the first quarter and a half. But I thought Washington accounted for themselves, and I think they will run through the Pac-12. In fact, their toughest game in the Pac-12 is this weekend at Utah. Oh, yeah. So coming off Auburn and that for physical, two week, I think it's, yeah, is it two weekends? I think it's two weekends, yeah. I think, uh, that's a tough one. 
Uh, the, the Utah game for them is tough off the Auburn loss. So, But Washington is going to score 40 a game or more against Pac-12 teams. Garnett uh, wrote in, does USC make a big improvement as the season goes on with talent and depth? They Wait. should. I mean, JT Daniels, you would think, would get better. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I there's, there's no reason. I mean, in fact, you know, the tough games on the schedule, Notre Dame's at home, and I've watched Maryland – fly through Texas's defense for two years in a row. (laughs) Well, if Maryland can score 30-something on Texas, could USC score 30-something on Texas? I mean, that that to me is, I watched Texas two years in a row, that Maryland game, and Texas on the back end just gives up explosion explosion plays time and time again. They have one kid, a corner, Cody, I think his last name is, nice player for Texas, but that that secondary, that back seven is just okay. It looks good. You know, they look like Texas yeah, football dudes, players. Their yeah. size is terrific. Everybody's all cut up. But it's not a great, you know, Tom Herman's playing with 95% of somebody else's guys. Clay Helton now is playing with his guys. Yeah. There's no excuses. When USC faces Texas, Tom Herman, those aren't his players. He's probably playing eight guys that are his. And those guys are probably, you know, f- true freshmen. And they're a little over their head right now. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. BB3 wrote in, Colin, give us an honest assessment of Coach Clay Helton's offensive scheme, especially the blind belief that we can have a successful run attack with zero deception slash uh, optionality. One run one run threat, five or six blockers versus seven defenders. Well, I don't sit and watch game film, so schematically, I always try to be uh, probably leaning on, to a fault, fair to play calling, fair to schematics okay i'm I, what i do is i trust my eyes um there are some things usc does schematically offensively i don't like um they look confused multiple receivers in the same spot that's the stuff i look for um i i'm not asking for perfection um i guess my primary beef offensively it's fairly predictable i think yesterday i watched michigan notre dame and it was like Notre Dame had Michigan's playbook. Um, that means you're predictable. I mean, Notre Dame guys were literally leaning in the direction <laughs> so, of yeah, the, the way the run was going to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you can tell there are times, and Michigan's O-line was really o- atrocious. They were overwhelmed. I mean, my takeaway on UNLV, I'm not looking for Chip Kelly, Oregon from USC. We have the kind of personnel at USC. I say we, everybody will kill me for that. Um, <laughs> so people on. don't, yes, so yeah. Colin follows this. Okay, so so what I look at when I look at USC is, is the play coming from the sideline quick? When you call, when you snap the ball, is there 12 seconds left in the clock? Are you hurried? Um, what are your substitution patterns? How are you on third down? Do you get a push against elite programs like Stanford, Texas, Notre Dame? There are some things I like. One of my true, one of my tests of coaching at the college level is consistency. Alabama gives you the same team every week. Um, when Jeff Tedford was at Oregon, I covered Oregon. I was up there. Win or lose. Between Bilotti and Tedford, it was the same performance yeah. every week. You're dealing with 19-year-olds. They're going to be off some weeks. Um, with USC, I feel half to half, they come out really flat early often. Clancy generally does a nice job. I think this is Clancy Pendergrass's um, strength. He adjusts well, and I think that's his NFL pedigree. USC tends to adjust well at sure. half. That that Pete Carroll was great at that. NFL coaches are better than college coaches. They're very good adjusting coaches. It's rare that you find a college coach who is an elite adjuster. Chris Peterson is. Yeah. Saban is. Uh, I think Dabo Sweeney is. 
Um, sometimes in college, it takes weeks to adjust to, you know, <laughs> problematic issues. Uh, but I, my, my takeaway on USC is I see inconsistency offensively. Uh, I think they sort of, um, and Pete Carroll did this. Pete would sort of like let the game come to him. Yeah. And then Pete was a terrific yeah. halftime adjuster. I think some show you a whole lot early, but then you're like, it's stuck in the second half. It was a Pete rarely story. lost the second half. Yeah. So Clancy similarly is very good. But when you walk into an Ohio state game and you're just not ready to play, I don't know if it's scripting, but USC should come into a game first series with USC talent and score against everybody. Yeah. Everybody. That's what Alabama does. Yeah. They play ahead. USC's talent, especially in the conference, there's nobody. They should have eight plays dialed up and they should, there should never be a three and out at <laughs> USC offensively to start a game. Not in the Pac 12. If you're playing LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn defenses, hey, they got NFL guys too. You don't see a lot of that in the Pac 12. Right. Uh, we had Sabres, I think, or Stabbers. Sorry, Stabbers? That's interesting. Are you surprised how many times JT Daniels threw the ball in the first game when Helton said USC would be a run-first offense? Very encouraged by that. Okay. In fact, I thought that was the, the my most, you know, I feel like I'm just beating up on USC's coaching staff. It was uh, He was 22 or 35. So, he, I mean, he threw the ball quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny because um, I was talking to a friend yesterday. I had breakfast, and I said, I would just love to see USC throw the ball 30 times instead of letting Stanford watch and say, okay, we're just going to load the box. Yeah. This is where I thought USC and their staff did a really good job. They basically told Stanford and Texas, no, we're going to throw, and we're going to throw the ball deep. So don't cheat on us. I That was my favorite part of the USC, because you're going to beat UNLV at home. What you want to do is make Stanford spend extra time going, oh, crap. They're going to throw, yeah. throw the ball over our head. So... We can't just put eight in the box because I thought JT, who again throws a beautiful deep ball. I mean, he, he really whips. I mean, I, as much as I love Sam and nobody likes Sam more than I do, Sam's not a great deep ball thrower. Yeah. That's not what he does. The Jets have recognized it. 18 yards and in, terrific. Moving and throwing, bootleg throwing, Sam's amazing. Yeah. Toughness, uh, seeing the entire field, but Sam doesn't throw a great ball over the top. JT, you're going to see. He's going to set USC's all-time record, and it may be by next year in in forty-plus touchdown throws. Like that's what he—he's an aggressive kid. Yeah. Oh no, he's not going to. He—he wants. He, there is no Alex Smith in him. Yeah. Like he's Matt over Barkley, the, I think threw it nineteen times in his debut. You yeah. Know, it's like this is a little. Yeah. Were you a little surprised? I kind of was. I'm a big Tyler Vaughn's guy. Uh, some people are big Michael Pittman guys. It just seemed like they were not on the same page with the like the two top receivers for USC. Trayvon Sidney did really well. But were you surprised at that? That you know, maybe it's just the first game thing, but they just didn't seem to be connecting. No, I, I again, I'll give I'll give the players and the staff a pass on that. Of course, his high school teammate yeah. and him were lined up. Yeah, that that is to me, you'll see a noticeable improvement going forward. Okay, I, that's one of the things that will get better. You know, you know, Sam Darnold had built a a, a rhythm with these guys. Remember, Darnold and Pittman didn't connect initially that's true it yeah. took them time to grow so that that one is don't over that's one of those don't overreact to game one the relationships will improve over time richie rich wrote in call and people have been doing this a lot colin should clancy consider changing his defensive scheme possibly a four three i mean guys don't like you have a philosophy you don't really change it usually you don't you don't yeah. change the way you do your show or you know you know belichick changes week to week that's kind of contrarian to the, Oh, that's true. The yeah. sport. Um, 
I don't know in college if you could do that with the limitations and hours. Um, you know, my thing is if you like Clancy, you run his defense. That's a Clay yeah. Elton call. You, it, you hire the guy and then it's, you don't hire Chip Kelly and and, and then complain that he's Chip Kelly. Yeah. So good you, in the eye formation. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think if you hire a coach, this is what Clancy believes in, and you go with it. Yeah, uh, Tark writes in the, the podcast a lot. Um, and we get this kind of a lot is about practice, like how physical they are. Should Clay Helton practice in pads, full pads twice a week until USC is as physical as Alabama, Clemson, et cetera? I would have said three years ago, four years ago, no. But I think with their depth, you could practice more in pads. Um, you know, listen, it's just different. Like in, in the South, it is a badge of honor to be more physical. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was just reading a story this morning where the LSU quarterback, who was a transfer into the program, Burrow. Oh, okay. He said, I, I, my first lunch with the team, I had a salad and, 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 grill, and grilled chicken. And people were like, what are you doing? Everybody else <laughs> eat fried chicken, he said. That's what the kids said. And they were eating heavier foods. You know, the South, um, it is more physical. They take, that's a badge of honor. You know, you start getting Denver West and the West Coast, it's coaches are almost coaching. Hey, we want kids to enjoy the experience. Yeah. We're not going to physically annihilate them. You know, there's different cultures in the country. Um, and I have also always thought the Pac 12 because of our weather, uh, and the quarterback camp and the quarterbacking so good out here, it's a more finesse conference. So it's, it's not a conference where, that would be celebrated by everybody, your administration on down. You know, I don't know. I just think when I watch SEC football, there is a certain sense of honor and pride running over people. Right. You know, I mean, the cultures are different. If you go look in the Midwest and the South, you see a lot of high school kids, high school kids at 315. Offensive linemen on the West Coast are like 265. Yeah. You have to, as a staff, project like Colton Miller goes from UCLA to the pro. Colton Miller was 260 in high school. <laughs> so the diet's different out West. So you have to project, will Colton Miller get to 305? Yeah. Some kids do, some kids don't. So, you know, there are things in the West, there are challenges you have that are different. Your offensive line, you just don't have. The, kid, the kids don't come out of high school out West 335. Especially defensive linemen, like a, a Rasheem Green out of Sarah High School. Like that's a must get because you don't see a lot of guys like look like that in high school out here. Yeah. So it's just different. I think you have to just, um, you just have to kind of play with uh, the hand you're dealt. And, and, um, but I, you know, I, I watch a lot of SEC football and I mean, if you don't run it on third and two, it's like, what are you doing? There, there's no, it's almost like you, gotta run. Yeah. you ha whereas in the pack 12, if you passed on third and two, people are like, Oh, that coach is clever. Yeah. That's an, that guy's got some NFL moxie in him. In the South, they want to, they're going to put a hat on and they're going to run you over. And that, that's how they play football. And it's, yeah. it's proven to be very successful. So USC, uh, starts Pac 12 play. Um, so no, uh, no rest after the UNLV game against Stanford. Stanford looked a little shaky against San Diego State, a team they lost to last year early, but then they pulled away. Uh, Bryce Love couldn't really get going, but the, the, the passing game did. JJ Arcega, Whiteside. He had like 240 yards and three touchdowns. KJ Costello, who should have started all last year, David Shaw didn't for whatever reason. So Stanford looks like a pretty good team. USC looked questionable last year against Western Michigan and then played their best game of the season, you could argue, against Stanford in week two. What do you kind of see? That's the biggest game of the Pac-12 this weekend, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I always kind of look at the Pac-12 currently as a three-team league. USC's got the best personnel. Washington has the best coaching. Stanford's somewhere in between. Um I really like Stanford's offensive personnel. I like 
JJ, I like Love, I like the quarterback, and they've got a couple of really, they have a young left tackle who's going to be out of Houston. He's really good. Um, they remind me, honestly, of Wisconsin. They're not flashy, uh-huh. but don't be shocked if Stanford ends up with 11 wins, and don't be shocked if Wisconsin's in the playoff. I mean, Wisconsin looks like Stanford. Two All-Americans on the offensive line, really good receiving core, stud, Taylor's the running back. Um, Stanford's really complete. Uh, now, they are pretty conservative. David Shaw can be, like, to a yeah. fault. They, it, they, they beat Oregon State last year, 15-14. to 14. Didn't play KJ Costello at all. They were asking him at halftime, hey, where are you going to put the, the other guy in? And he, it's like it was just stubborn to a fault. Like, yes. no, I'm going to do it my way. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very conservative. So even if they outplay USC, sometimes you feel like they kind of keep you in it. Yeah. They're, they're not a team that when Chip Kelly was in the conference, if you got down 14, nothing early, it was like, this could be 60 to 14. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the USC Stanford game will be very close. Um, you know, a freshman quarterback against Stanford's defense, Stanford should be favored by four. I think they're favored by six. I think. Yeah, I mean that's six. what they should be favored by. Yeah. I mean it's or no, no three. I'm sorry, three. It not, feels not like it feels like somewhere between a field goal and, and it's it's Stanford. So, but it, I don't. I you know I, I'm really interested to watch JT Daniels. Um, I think USC's receiving core is pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think their tight end core is good. I think their backs, Stephen Carr can catch. Um, USC is going to hit for a lot of big plays. I think there's going to be a little feast or famine in that Stanford game. They have some three and outs. Yeah. But I, JT is, I mean, when you watched him yesterday, he is looking downfield. Yeah. Like there's no question. He's not looking out. <laughs> you know, Cody Kessler was looking out to <laughs> I was the right. Say, Cody Kessler. <laughs> I mean, JT, and, and he is just looking. I mean, you just see him. He is disappointed when he's got to throw it underneath. Yeah. So teams like that. You know, it's remember a few years ago when Lane went up to Oregon and won. Yeah, and Lane's yeah. game plan was just go over the top of Oregon. Yeah, and you looked up and you're like, that's the greatest game Lane's ever coached. Was it, or was it just a matter of their game plan caught Oregon by surprise? And I think that Marquise Lee may have been one of the receivers. I think so. Yeah. So the Stanford thing, it, it's I'm really excited to see it unfold. Yeah, it should be a really good one. And I know we want to let you go, but uh, real quick in the Pac-12. Yeah. UCLA and Arizona has kind of laid an egg uh, on Saturday. You, uh, Arizona kind of, surprised me. UCLA has to rebuild the offensive line. UCLA is going to win five games. Um, um, Washington's really good. UCLA is not this year. They, that's not. He doesn't have the right quarterback um, yet with any experience. UCLA is just not ready to play. Arizona surprised me. They're trying to make uh, their quarterback, uh, why is his name escaping me? Um, Arizona's quarterback, Tate. Oh, Khalil Tate. Khalil yeah. Tate. Uh, really interesting player. Really, really inter- exciting player. Really exciting player. But they made him not exciting. I th- <laughs> yeah, they're, I think they're trying to, Kevin Sumlin's saying, um, I'm going to make him more of a thrower. Right. I get that in the NFL. But if you have Lamar Jackson in college, maybe you should just let him do what he does. You know what I mean? It, right. It's it, like, I get it in the NFL because in the NFL, you just, the, the players are too, the defensive players are too big, too fast, too strong. You're going to get hurt. Sure. You can run around the pack 12 and not get hurt. Yeah. So, uh, Tate is such a special player. Um, I'm not sure I try to transform him a ton. You know, Russell Wilson would not have survived Steve young. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Steve young, 
Steve Young just ran. Yeah. And then Steve Young got hit and he was like, <laughs> like wait, 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 I want this to last. <laughs> so Steve Young really was not a great pocket passer early in his career. He had to develop into that. And uh, I mean, look at as great as Aaron Rodgers is. He's been hurt twice. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck Your ran. Your boy, Andrew Luck. He ran too much in his first. Yeah. Like, dude, end the play. In the NFL, end the play. Live for tomorrow. So, but at the college level, you can run around and win a lot of games. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know. Someone's made a choice. I'm not sure if it's the right choice. Yeah. I mean, when you look at like a Tim Tebow, who, you know, you've been critical of in the NFL. Hey, but by the way, Tebow, I never f- liked him, but that stuff worked in college. He was very efficient as a passer. Like, oh, he's a high efficiency passer. It's because of the threat of the run. I think Khalil Tate can be a high efficiency yes, passer. So do but I. But you have to have the threat of the run. Yes. Like, it has to go together. Yeah. He threw for five touchdowns one game and then ran for another. And he was like, eight rushes for 14 yards in the game. And it was like, uh, it's just not, you, they made him a really exciting player boring. And that, it, you don't well, need that. The reason I've said Baker Mayfield will work and Johnny Manziel won't is because Baker Mayfield is a really good thrower of the football. Sure, yeah. Johnny Manziel was a con. He wasn't very, I mean, he did, unless he was, if he threw anything off platform, his accuracy was average. His arm was average. Johnny Manziel was a spectacular college guy. Yeah. The reason Baker's going to work and Johnny's not, and they're about the same size, is Baker's got a better throwing motion, he's got a stronger arm, and he's he's wildly more accurate. So that, and, and by the way, they're both kind of the same athlete: six feet, two ten, run a little bit. You got to throw the ball in the NFL. You don't have to throw the ball in college. Yeah. There's, there's, there's. You can receivers are open when you let go of the ball in college. They're <laughs> not mostly in the NFL. Yeah, you have to be pinpoint accurate. You have so, to be really yeah. accurate. The, at the window next of level. open in the NFL is just closes <laughs> like that. Yeah. Sweet. Well, call, hey, I really. That's you know, it. Well, it, how long we did we talk, go? Hold we, on, let me check. Uh, what are we like? Oh my God, that was extended coverage. Did you want? I mean, we. Can no, I, I don't even know what else to say. I yeah. feel like I beat up on <laughs> USC coaches for twenty minutes. Nah, I mean, was I negative? Was, what did your audience say? A what? lot. There's a lot. Okay, not they're not complaining about you, but there's a lot of that I comments I didn't read about. Right. Clay's in over his head. Uh, get rid of. T. Martin, get rid of, um, you know, the offensive line coach, you know, uh, Neil Calloway. There's a lot of that in the, on, on our message boards on Twitter. So, I mean, it's not like, I, I don't think you were bashing. Give me one more question. Oh, we got, okay. Um, let's see. No profanity. Uh, do you have JT? Do you, do you have JT air the ball out or try to have a balance attack against Stanford? Do you let JT air the ball out or a balance attack? I'm, 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 a, I'm a, in college, 55 45 pass run. I mean, USC should run the ball. They get elite backs and elite left tackles and elite centers. You know, you got to play to your personnel. Oregon didn't. Yeah. So Oregon has to, you know, like there's a reason Oregon hired Chip Kelly. They're like, we don't stack up with Ohio State and USC's personnel. So that's why a team like a Northwestern or a non-traditional power should take wild chances. You, you know, USC is in the, you know, Oklahoma, Georgia, you know, class where your your recruiting class is top eight. You've got NFL talent. You should run the ball. Now, I do think passing with a JT, he's so special. You should throw more than you pass probably at USC. But if USC on third and two can't run the ball against UNLV for first down 70 out of 100 times, you got a problem. Yeah. Either a schematic. It's not a personnel issue because we know who's got better players. So, you know, I, I think a, a slightly past leaning offense with JT, uh, and I would, but I, the kid is not clearly is not going to be overwhelmed anywhere. Yeah. He may lose games this year. He will, but he, I mean, I thought for his first game, I was 
shocked at how calm and efficient he was. Yeah. He had a little erratic streak in the second quarter. You know, he was just, you know. He forced that one ball that was a near pick. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's his rhythm. This is college football. But I, I was pretty much, listen, he's going to throw some picks. Because he just takes too many. He's a big risk taker. Yeah. It's like Darnold. I tell people that with Sam Darnold. Okay, he's going to throw 20 picks this year. But <laughs> Brett Favre threw 29 his 15th year in the league. And you love Brett Favre. Right. Peyton Manning threw 23 his fourth year in the league. Like, you got to get over that. Like, Alex Smith doesn't throw picks. He's been traded twice now. Yeah. And that's after, like, winning games, lots of them. So JT's going to throw some picks. Um, but, man, he throws a – and, again, Barkley, Darnold, uh, Liner, these are all really good players, right? Some guys just throw the deep ball. Jared Goff with the Rams throws a really yeah, nice yeah. deep ball. Not everybody. You think all these quarterbacks would? They don't. Yeah, we got a lot of people asking you for internships and stuff. So I don't know. Fox Sports <laughs> One. They're pro- I'm probably gonna go to work tomorrow. They're like, we thought you had yesterday off, and I'm like, I'm wearing a hoodie. <laughs> I didn't. I, to be fair, like we were. I think Colin. We thought we were gonna do a podcast. I'm like, oh, let's do it like a YouTube. So I should have said something that you'd be on camera. Well, I, I said to you today. I said starting Tuesday, like I have no days off. You know, for like four months, I, I become like an accountant in April. Right. So I said I've known Ryan you for years, and so I said, hey, let's get one out today. Yeah. And then I'm right. gonna be so. Lo- so he loves doing this stuff, even though this is. I do. Show, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can, I don't it's get so to do funny this. to see you at practice when you come to practice and like the, the walk-ons, everybody that you know who they are and you're told, Oh yeah, Ruben Peters, you, you moved from linebacker to, to fullback or whatever. And they're like, how the heck does this guy know? And yeah. Guy, I follow all the, I've seen recruiting stuff. Like you follow all that. I have seen every, uh, top 100 for 25 years going back to super prep before you had YouTube and all this stuff. Yeah. But I've seen the video of uh, every top 100 high school player for 30 years. And I've seen probably every video of USC football players for 15. So every, what I'll do every year during a recruiting class is I'll text like, you know, Sark or Clay Helton. I'll be like, okay, sleeper's going to be this guy. So I'll, tell, I'll give you an example. The freshman, they had Griffin. Um, Elijah Griffin. Elijah yeah. Griffin. So I said six months ago to a friend of mine at USC, I said, that's the best – high school player in California. I don't care what the ratings say. I'm like, that kid is going to walk into USC. He's going to make an interception in the first month. He's going to return punts if you want him to. I'm like, that's the best player in Southern California. I don't care what all, because I don't, the stars matter, but I'm not paralyzed by him. Yeah. And well, uh, like I said that about, Ju- by the way, I think I told you this about Juju years ago. I said, yeah, I yeah. don't care about nothing against the Dory. I'm like, he was a five-star guy though. Yeah, was he? Yeah, was yeah, Ju- yeah, and I'm yeah. like, that's a great player. Yeah. And there's just certain guys you watch them and you're like, oh yeah, that's, that's, he's going to work. So I always make sure that you and USC guys know, I'm like, okay, I'm putting my money on that guy. He's your best player. <laughs> so yesterday Griffin should have had a pick Yeah, he did. and he was yeah. bummed out totally, but he would like JT, he was completely composed as a yeah. freshman. They put him out there on an Island and I'm like, oh, he, he looks like he's been playing for three years. Yeah. So JT offensively and the young corner. He's Warren G's son, right? Right. Yeah. It's his, yeah. It's his dad. Or whatever, yeah. 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 So yeah. that's, uh, so that's my, Elijah those Griffin. are the two stars to me. Uh, some people put in the chat there too. They mentioned Kayvon Thibodeau. Do you watch him at all? Like the, uh, no, no. I, oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen all that. It's so funny. People put like recruiting stuff in here. Like, yep. No, Colin. No, I, I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't Oaks think, Christian. I don't want to talk too much about high school guys because college guys can't comment on it. But no, I, I, I text my, I text people my opinion all the time. Yeah. Call him the college football recruiting nerd. I'm um, a nerd. 
It's fun, it, it's funny to watch your show on signing day because you want to like talk. Oh, about I want to talk about it all day. If I talked <laughs> about like, just what? what I wanted to talk about on Fox Sports One, <laughs> I would do six months of college football recruiting. And but you know this bizarrely, United States men's national team soccer. I complain you about do our like coaching. That, yeah, yeah, I'm into that right now. Have you got, you go to the? I'm I'm not a big soccer guy, but I'm the, a season ticket holder at LAFC. I want to go check. I got to check. Oh, you got to go. There's four home games left. All right. It is awesome. Yeah, our buddy Cal Bonagora is like he's a he's a season ticket holder there too. It looks fun. I mean, I went, my wife and I went to Barcelona. We went to Camp Nou to see Barcelona play. Oh, you so did? Cool, but neither of us are big soccer people. But I I like going to check out events, and that one looks like it's fun. So best thing about these MLS stadiums, they seat about twenty five thousand, and about a third of the crowd because young demographics are are Uber drivers. So you watch LAFC <laughs> play, you finish off your beer, sit around for twelve minutes. There's no traffic. Yeah. A third of the stadium took Uber. Nice. So when you get these young crowd, it's not, and it's only 22,000 in the arena. So LAFC's got all this food. I, I, uh, um, Nomar sits right behind me. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> a name drop. Yeah. Uh, but I, my too. kids fight over the tickets. So I'm going here in a, about a week, but my kids fight over the tickets and I've given them to friends and I, it just, everybody's just blown away by the experience. Cool. All right. Well, Hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Colin Cowherd, follow him, uh, at Colin Cowherd. FS1, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio, you uh, books, Facebook. Your books out. I'm like, done writing books. It's just way too books. hard. All right. It's way too that's hard. That's hard stuff. But yeah. thanks for coming in on your day off and everything. Uh, that's yeah. Colin Coward. Support Ryan. Oh, I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Special Vision of Tunnel Vision. We'll be back on Thursday with Shotgun and Keeley at noon, our regular stuff. But thanks.